Welcome to the Online Course Masters Show, where you learn how to create, launch, and promote your own online courses. I'm your host, Phil Ebener, and today I'm flying solo. And in this episode, I'm going to be chatting about Udemy Live 2019. I just got back to the States from Udemy Live from this past weekend, and it was another great conference. Uh, It's the third time I've been. I skipped last year because my wife, Isabel, was super pregnant at the time, and we thought our twins could come at any moment. So I was sad to miss last year, but super happy that and grateful that I was able to return this year. So in this episode, I'm just going to kind of casually go through uh, the weekend, talk about the highlights, talk about uh, my takeaways and my action plan that I'm coming away with, which is always something that's great when I come go to Udemy Live. I get home and I'm ready to take action. So I'm here by myself today, but uh, hopefully everyone's fine with that. And thank you so much for listening to the show. So anyways, uh, Udemy Live 2019, it was in Berlin, Germany. It was the first time that it was located outside of San Francisco. And I would say it was, and I'll just start off by saying it was the best year yet. Uh, It was a great conference, great speakers, great people, great parties. And uh, I was talking to some of my buddies at Udemy Live about this, and I talked about how the first one, Udemy Live, the uh, I guess that was 2016 was the first one. That was a magical experience because I had been teaching on Udemy for a few years now. That was like four or five years at that point. And it was just magical to go and meet everyone and meet like-minded people. And it was a great event. But I would have to say that this past year topped it just because the quality of uh, the whole conference and also just being in Berlin and being able to have events at some different locations, which I'll be talking about through this this episode. It was just really great. So uh, with that being in mind, I'm super excited to see the future of Udemy Live and Udemy. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just a great place. I know it's uh, I'm very fortunate and everyone that gets to go to Udemy Live is very fortunate to be able to do so. Uh, it's cool because this year in Berlin, there were a lot of new faces. It gave an opportunity for instructors from Europe and from other places that are a little bit closer to, to Germany. Uh, we're able to attend. San Francisco is pretty far away from, from a lot of people. So that was really cool. And also meeting new members of the Udemy team. Uh, was really exciting too. Uh, a lot of new faces. Um, and I feel like that happens every year. There's new faces on the team. People have moved up. And it's exciting to see some new ideas. I got to meet Greg, uh, the new U- Udemy CEO, and talk to him face-to-face for a while. And that was really, really exciting. And he's very approachable, which I appreciate. Uh, and uh, just has some really cool, exciting ideas for taking Udemy into the future, just really doing some experimentation with marketing and really trying to make it big. I mean, talking about taking it to 100 million students, then to 500 million students and beyond. Currently, we are at 40 million students. So that was just really cool um, to chat with him and 
And ultimately, it's just knowing that there's this this epic team behind us. I think it's a common feeling for those of you who teach on Udemy and have been doing it for a while that we are we work so hard on our courses and sometimes they go well, sometimes they don't go as well as we wanted. But there's always this feeling that, man, Udemy's been been pretty awesome, but I hope it doesn't disappear in a year or two. And it's kind of this feeling of, oh, if only if if Udemy could last just one or two more years, that'll be great. And then I go to Udemy Live and I realize, wow, there's like this whole team of people who are trying to make Udemy the the biggest and best online educational company that's going to last 10, 20 plus years. And of course, of course we know that, but when we're in our closets, our studios, our garage, our spare bedrooms trying to film uh, by ourselves, it gets lonely and it, it's easy to forget that there's a team of like 500 employees at this point with offices all around the world trying to help us and, and they're supporting us. So that's one of the best parts too, is just meeting the, the team face to face and it's, uh, you can't replace that with an email. Um, so that was great. And then really the best part is just meeting other instructors. And at this point, there's instructors who I've spoken to for years now. And Udemy Live is the once in a year opportunity that we get to meet up. And whoever has gone to Udemy Live or has met another Udemy instructor knows that feeling and that instant connection you have with other instructors online instructors you just get each other and i kind of joked beforehand because udemy live actually has a cool app that you download on your phone and it's got a cool uh stream that you can post you know comments or photos and i posted when i was heading over there with my layover in dublin that i was just excited to meet people who understand exactly what i do for a living because even today, I talk to my family, my my uncles, aunts, or anybody new that I meet, and it's it's confusing for them to 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 understand what I actually do for a living. And when I say, "Oh yeah, I teach online classes," I don't think they realize how uh, legitimate that is. And so it's pretty cool to meet everyone. And for everyone that I I spoke to in person who came up to me uh, and chatted, asked questions, and of course, all the people that I've spoken with over the years, I just want you to know that I, I really appreciate it. And I love all of you. And I, I'm just so honored and blessed to, to know each and one of you. And every single little conversation, even if it was just for a minute or two, it, know that I, I appreciated those conversations. And I, I can't wait to continue those conversations with you. And I'm always open to chatting or collaborating or answering questions. And and honestly, some of the best conversations were, were the ones where I was, you know, not necessarily just answering questions about how I run my business, but, you know, really getting to know people and meeting Pablo from, from Spain who has twin sons and a daughter who, for, for those of you who I don't think I've announced on this this show yet, but I'm actually my wife and I are expecting a baby girl next year. So we're gonna have a 
a little trio of kids that are very close in age and we're super excited about. So having that connection was was awesome and and just hearing about people's lives outside of the online course business was awesome. So anyways, let's talk a little bit more about the actual event. I'll kind of recap what it was like. As I mentioned, and of course, you know, it was in Berlin and it gave us that a great opportunity to just go to a new place. And what I liked about this conference was that they set up events throughout the city. So typically in San Francisco, they've had an opening party at the Udemy offices, which is great because you get to see like the office and everything. But then everything else has been at the hotel very nice hotel, but in Berlin, it was nice that for on Friday night when we when everyone got there, there was a welcome reception at a brewery, got some great food, really great beer, had a behind-the-scenes brewery tour. So that was really, really cool. Walking distance from the main hotel where the conference was at. So everyone just kind of walked, walked, took the 10, 15-minute walk and got to go to the reception. And also on Saturday night, they typically have some sort of party or event or dinner. This year, they had uh, an awesome band play at another venue. And it was a cool little concert hall. And we got to listen to some great music. Again, eat some good food, drink some wonderful German beer. And that was another great thing. Shout out to the Bird Dogs, the band that played. They're a cover band, but man, they were really, really good. And kept the party going pretty late. And then the rest of the conference was at the Ritz-Carlton near Potsdamer Platz in really just the central district of Berlin. I had actually been to Berlin 10 years ago. I studied abroad in Germany, in Bonn, which is on the other side of Germany. But I did take a trip over to Berlin and did a tour around, which was really, really cool. Um, back then. So I had already experienced Germany and Berlin. uh, And I was thankful of that because I I left. It was a very, very short trip. Again, I say say I'm super grateful to my wife that I was able to participate. She was at home. My father-in-law came over, helped watch the boys a lot. Uh, But I left. I got there Thursday night came back on Monday. So it was a very, very short trip for going so far. And if I hadn't been to Germany, I would have been before this, I would have been a little sad to to not get to experience a little bit more of it. But even still, it was nice. And on Sunday night, uh, the conference ended, but a group of us found a nice little not so touristy German restaurant. It was packed full of uh, what seemed to be locals. So that was cool and uh, great schnitzel. delicious (laughs) delicious <laughs> sehr gut as they say so um yeah just being at the different venues was great between all those different events were different keynotes and presentations and workshops and i'm just going to go through some of the ones that i i attended um the very first thing was a keynote addressed by the udemy team and they just talked about the vision the plan talked about like i mentioned trying to grow to 100 million students, 500 million students, talking a lot about growth in a lot of the different um, areas and different countries. One really exciting thing was mentioning how in India, they have a collaboration with um, Amazon where 
people can actually purchase Udemy courses through Amazon. So my brain is spinning because I'm thinking, man, that would be cool if they could expand that to to other countries as well. Um, and and yeah, like I said, it's just uh, the, the keynote's awesome because you just feel a sense of excitement and pride in the Udemy team and uh, they're they're working hard for us. I will say there weren't really any big major changes or announcements. I feel like a couple in the first couple Udemy lives, they made some pretty big announcements about. I, I think like Udemy for Business was something new, and then uh, expanding internationally was like just getting started. And there were some other like really kind of new things that were announced which was cool. And I was wondering if there was going to be a big change. And I think actually the last Udemy Live I went to, the big announcements was the brand change. So completely new colors and identity and all that. But it's also kind of good knowing that what they're doing is must be working because they're not making any giant changes. They briefly touched upon the pricing, but it wasn't we didn't really dive into it that much and I, I don't I didn't go to any sessions where they really dived into the new pricing system coupon codes and all of that I think pretty much everyone there was talking about or just accepting that and looking to move forward with the new system a lot of co-instructor other instructors were kind of talking about our strategy moving forward and one thing we noticed we all noticed when we got there was that for the past few days all of our referral links all of our previous coupon codes had been linking to our landing pages and they were at full price so our courses were listed at $199 or 99 bucks and that's the price that they were trying to sell at and before this system was rolled out, in my mind, I kind of thought, well, it's going to probably be the same. Udemy is going to be having some sort of sale every day. So I wasn't too worried about people using my referral links that by now are in thousands of places across the internet because they would probably be getting a pretty good price that they would be likely to pay somewhere between $12 and $20. But from talking to Liebert, the new uh, marketing VP at uh, Udemy and just some of the other uh, Udemy team members, they're really trying to decrease the number of sales that they're having so that the sales that they do have are do better. And so they are, um, you know, decrease. It's not going to be a sale. There's not going to be a sale every time you you go to Udemy.com. And so that kind of got me thinking, well, hmm. If Udemy is not going to be having a sale, whatever it is, 25, 50% of the time, maybe I should be decreasing the list price of all of my courses. And from what I heard, uh, the, the team kind of told instructors that they were hoping that that wasn't the case and that during the sales, having the higher pri list price is still going to really be beneficial for making sales and overall revenue will probably be better if we leave our list prices higher. But just in a couple days of experimentation, I lowered the list price for some of my best-selling courses and to $29. And during those days that didn't have a sale, I got a handful or more than a handful of full price sales. And 
it's tough because we can't split test this ourselves. But I wish that I could kind of do a real split test to see what would actually do better. Because if we're not making any sales organically when the list price is $199 or $99 or whatever it is, that, that kind of concerns me. And I think uh, I'd rather have more sales um, overall and that with a lower list price, that would, would again, lead to more traffic, more uh, consumption, more reviews, which I, I believe would help the, the courses do better during a sale. Of course, we're kind of playing this game where we can increase and change the list price whenever we want at this point. And so increasing the list price during a big sale, like a Black Friday or a New Year's sale, is probably a good idea. But anyways, this is just a question that I don't have the answer to. Um, but I think a lot of other instructors and even in the online course masters community group on Facebook uh, got some people experimenting and sharing their own experiences with uh, with this issue. So if you're not part of the community, head over to onlinecoursemasters.com and hit that community button and join the group uh, because um, there's other instructors who are, are talking about this and I'd love to hear your experiences if, if you have any sort of uh, ideas about this or thoughts. Uh, Lawrence, shout out to Lawrence Miller, who was at Udemy Live. He posted a great thread. Uh, at this point, it was probably a, a week ago from when this episode launches and kind of talking about his experience. So anyways, that was that was the the keynote speech. So I'm, I, I promise I'm not going to go too in-depth into every single moment that I had in, in Berlin, but that was exciting. And then actually right after that, they had the 2019 Udemy Live Instructor Awards and I was graciously and, and I'm very humbled that I was actually awarded one of the Teach the Teacher Awards. And they gave out 10 awards overall for different reasons, but there were a couple for Teaching the Teacher. And I think partly because of this podcast, I, I got that award and I'm very humbled. And I know that they asked people to vote for their the instructor awards before the conference. So I, I thank anyone that did, uh, did vote for me and I'm honored and super humbled. To be honest, I thought that I was a little over the hill and, you know, being, I've been on Udemy for a long time. So I was expecting mostly a new batch of instructors to be getting awards. Uh, but I think in general, what I realized was there are still a lot of people that listen to this podcast and who have taken my course on teaching on Udemy and uh, it's still helping them. And and sometimes I, I, I feel like, man, are people even listening to the podcast? Are people getting benefit from it? But from what people came up to me and said, you are. And I'm super, super grateful for that. And it just makes me want to continue doing this and and giving back even more. So just thank you to everyone who did vote for me for that. I appreciate it. Right after that, this is Saturday morning. I actually had my own presentation. This was uh, along with Diego Davila and Angela Yu. We collaborated on the Productivity Masterclass. So it was all about how to basically get more done and be more productive as an online course creator 
And in the future, Udemy is going to be releasing all of the presentations that they recorded. I think they recorded most of them as they usually put it together as sort of a Udemy course that's on uh, that's on Udemy. So you, you'll be able to actually watch our presentation in the future, I hope. But my, my presentation was basically about a four-step process that started with goal setting, moved to streamlining, automation, and then outsourcing. And I kind of talked about using all of these ways to basically focus on what's most important. And for most course creators, that is creating more content, creating more course content, updating courses, and just being able to actually record and do outsourcing, automating, or streamlining everything else from social media to email marketing to um, editing of your videos, all that kind of stuff. So I'm not going to go through my, my productivity presentation right now, but if you want me to do that, Maybe I can make it into an episode in the future. Um, and maybe I could even get Angela and Diego on the podcast to kind of redo our presentation, which would be kind of cool. Or we can do it as a live stream. So post a comment in the group or send me a message if, if you think that would be cool. So unfortunately, I did have to miss a couple of other presentations at that time. I know Jason Dion had a really highly... Uh, a lot of people liked his building a team for success presentation, but I got to, I unfortunately got to miss that. Uh, after that, there was lunch. And then I went to the presentation on use Udemy insights, promotions and marketing tools to grow your business. And that was a really interesting presentation. To be honest, it was super, 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 super good. But I think it was great for people who were new, newer to Udemy. Um, I had been to a presentation that was very, very similar a couple years ago. And at that time, it was my favorite presentation that I went to at Udemy Live. They showed about all the different things you can do to your Udemy landing page and uh, using your keywords and SEO and where specifically on the landing page, it's most important to use those keywords and things like that and optimizing the course itself with lecture titles and uh, lecture descriptions and that kind of stuff. Uh, this year, it wasn't as insightful, but it was still a good reminder. And my takeaway from that presentation was that I need to go into my courses and retitle a lot of my lectures. One thing they're doing with Udemy for Business, and they might roll out to the general marketplace, is searchable searching by lecture title or section title. So when someone searches on Udemy for business, specific videos and lectures might show up and not just courses. So you really have to make your lecture titles clear and make sense to someone who's just reading that title individually and and not just not just assuming that someone's taking your entire course. Because another thing they talked about was how Udemy for business students only take sections of courses or individual lectures. They don't generally watch an entire course. So that was my big takeaway for, for that presentation. After that, I actually went to another presentation on Udemy for business and creating content for the global workplace learner. Uh, again, it, was, uh, it wasn't 
a lot of new information to me. It was a good overview of what Udemy for Business is. Um, but the takeaway was that they're growing. As a lot of us know, if you've been paying attention to Udemy uh, for the past couple of years, Udemy for Business has just grown tremendously. I think they said something like 80% of Fortune 100 companies are using Udemy for Business. Uh, I, I talked to people who are making more and quite a bit more revenue from Udemy for Business than the marketplace. That's absolutely not true for me, but it starts to get my mind turning about how can I make my courses a little bit friendlier for Udemy for Business. And it's it's still one of those things where I'm not sold on creating courses that are specific to Udemy for Business, at least in my to- areas of topic and topic areas and expertise. But if you do have an expertise and something that business businesses would would like or anybody working in the working workforce would like uh, definitely doing things to make it um, as high quality as possible and trying to get it into Udemy for business is a great idea I think they said four thousand it's a library of the top four thousand courses so it's it's pretty selective but um but yeah it's Udemy for business it's exciting to see it continuing to grow as well. So that was really cool. And then in the afternoon on Saturday, they had the keynote address, which was by Simone. Simone, her last name, Geertz. She is a Swedish inventor and YouTuber who talked about basically being okay with being bad at things. And it was a wonderful presentation. It was funny. It was entertaining. Uh, and it was it was nice to see someone who who loves what she does and and does it in sort of a different way. I think my complaint about the keynote address, and this has happened the past couple times at Udemy Live for me, is that it wasn't very specific to the Udemy instructor. Uh, I don't think for many of us there were major takeaways that we could really use in our own business. I, I think the point was that it's okay to be be bad at things. And I think that's uh, the way that I see that in our online courses is that we don't have to be perfect. It's better to launch a course than to sit back and try to make it perfect and you know go over it time and time again, just be, to tweaking things to try to make it perfect. You don't have to be the best f- filmmaker or video editor or even instructor to to have success, just start and just put something out. But um, but yeah, all that being said, it was it was a cool presentation. It was a fun story. Uh, I I do hope, and this was they sent out a survey to all attendees, and my main feedback was, we need keynote addresses that are from people who someone who's. Uh, a little bit more related to online course creation and in some way it doesn't have to be someone who is just who's just doing online courses but if there is some way that it could be a little bit more tangible for us i think that would be that would be good for the future but that being said simone was super 
super entertaining and it was really fun to see her story. I had, I didn't really know her beforehand. She has 2 million followers on YouTube. So she's, she's done a lot of amazing things. Um, and, and yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. After that, we had the Udemy live party that I mentioned, we had the cover band and that was great. Um, and then it was Sunday and there were a couple presentations I went to. One was, this was a really good one. It was called, You Can't Learn to Swim in a Library. Engage your students with four core activity types. And this was all about adding practical activities to your courses, which increases engagement, which increases... They showed, and they've studied for Udemy for Business, how much it's increased um, enrollments in courses and engagement. is like something like 40 or 50% more enrollments. And they said that it was similar in the general marketplace. And to be honest, practical activities has been something that I've been lazy about in a lot of my courses. It's funny because in my best-selling courses, I have practical activities. And I think I've spent the time to create activities because I know that it's a big flagship course. But I haven't done so with some of my smaller courses. And so... Uh, it definitely inspired me to go back and that's one of the things I'm going to be doing is updating my older courses with more activities. And And I think one of my big takeaways was, was doing whatever we can to help and encourage the student to keep going, to log back into Udemy and to watch another lecture of your class. Because if you could do that, it just leads to more reviews. It leads to that student actually learning new skills and potentially enrolling in more of your courses. And that's obvious, but it's something that even I've been pretty lazy with uh, for many of my other classes. So that was a great um, activity. One takeaway I have from that one too was I, I actually asked them during the Q&A session, does it matter if the activity is using the assignment feature of Udemy, which I've used for some of my classes and they said that we don't have to always be using that feature. It's good for some longer form, uh, more intense activities. But they talked about just adding activities like writing down your goals for the class or quick wins that you put in the first section of a course. Those are kinds of things that you don't need to even use the assignments feature for. It might just be fine to, to post a, a video and ask them to take action or to post a video or text lecture with a downloadable PDF that they can write out on, which was interesting to me because I kind of assumed that, well, why would I ask the student to download a PDF and write out answers or download a PDF and type in answers versus use the Udemy assignment feature, which they can do the same thing. They could type out their answers and it's all on Udemy. And the instructional designers who were leading the presentation basically said that it's okay and that uh, sometimes it's better to, to not use the assignment feature. So um, I think going forward, I'm going to be be doing um, adding activities, but not necessarily always using the assignment feature. After that, I actually got caught uh, listening to uh, the... It wasn't a it was a it wasn't a presentation, but there was someone from Camtasia. If you followed me, you know that I teach and use Adobe Premiere Pro and also Screenflow when I'm doing screencast videos. 
But Camtasia, the the guy showing it, showed me some very cool tools that are coming out in the 2020 release. And the coolest ones were automatic pause and mistake editing. So if I'm saying um or er or pausing, they have a tool that automatically deletes all of those. And another one was automatic transcription and editing by text. Let me explain that. So say you are recording a course and whether you're reading off a script or not, it will, you can open up a text, you open it up in Camtasia, I think using a third-party plugin or extension, it will transcribe it for you. And then visually, you can literally just highlight bits of text. Say I repeat myself multiple times, you can just highlight the first bit or the one that's not as good, delete it, and it will actually delete that part of the audio. Now, so far, it's only available for audio or when the 2020 release comes. It's just for audio, so it's not for video. Uh, they said moving forward, it will be for video. So this is better for screencast videos or any sort of just audio-based videos. Um, but still, pretty cool stuff. Um, and it will would speed up my process for editing. And also, if I outsourced it, it would be pretty cool. Um, I think... Yeah, I mean, it was very, it was a very exciting tool, and I, I came home and I'm trying to see if there's a similar thing that works with Adobe Premiere Pro or or ScreenFlow, um, because I do like the simplicity of ScreenFlow, and then if I want some intense editing, Premiere Pro, Camtasia is sort of this middle ground where it's a little bit more robust than ScreenFlow, but almost to me a little bit too robust for the things that I really need to do, but those tools that like automatic removing of, mis- of ums and errs and awkward pauses is something that's super, super cool and will speed up the workflow a lot. So that was cool talking to him. And then after that, let's see what other... Oh, there was a cool presentation by Axel Ritterhaus about um, purpose, passion, and persistence. This was actually before earlier and he just talked talked about his story and um that was a inspirational one for sure and it made me want to run an ultra marathon or at least a half marathon <laughs> and then after lunch there was a student panel and this was also very exciting and insightful all the students were had cool stories about how Udemy has helped them um, learn new skills help them get new jobs, that kind of thing. They were all in the programming sort of tech language, tech field. So it was it was very specific to anyone who teaches tech-related courses. But overall, it was really cool listening to them. And I actually asked a question about how they decide to purchase the course, especially if it's not one of the top two or one or two bestsellers for whatever keyword they're searching for. And they talked about how a lot of them do purchase not only multiple courses, but they purchase courses that aren't in the top results. And they look at the landing page and they said that the objectives, if it includes activities, the length of the course and the star rating are off obviously important. But I think my takeaway from that 
present or from the students was that a lot of them, and this was a very, very small handful of students. So I don't know if this goes for, for most students, but a lot of them don't really care or even watch the promo videos, but they skip to the intro videos and the other free preview lectures. And they use those to base their decision. Uh, if the intro video it gives them a better sense of who the instructor is. If it goes into kind of what they're going to be learning, what they'll be able to do after taking this course. And then also with including some actual free preview lessons of teaching content uh, is very important. And I think for a while, and I have to go back to some of my courses, um, Some many of my free preview lectures are just those sort of introductory, here's your files, download these, welcome to the class, but it, it, I'm not really teaching much in those. And so I think I need to go back to my courses and make sure that I have several free previews of really sort of quick win videos and lessons. And even if you're a new instructor, I, I, there's a there's a good chance that you can have success and people will buy your courses. Um, if you pay attention to your landing page and and really, it, it's all about helping students learn new skills, right? So making sure the student knows that by the end of the course they're going to get know how to do X, Y, or Z. So that was a really inspirational um, presentation, and that kind of wrapped it up. Um, and we had a little going away or goodbye reception afterwards and everything, uh, was pretty smooth. So that was kind of a recap of everything. I kind of talked about some takeaways throughout, but my general takeaways, which is different than before previously, I feel like I, I went home and I was like, okay, I need to create more flagship courses or I need to build out my website. And I think, yeah, the lot, the first Udemy live was just kind of like more courses. I need to create more and more courses. The second Udemy live I went to was about, I got inspired to build out my website, put out content, grow social media. This one, my main takeaways were that I need to actually step back and look at my existing content. And how can I improve my courses? How can I add activities? How can I improve the landing pages? How can I write out lecture titles and descriptions that will, will be a little bit more SEO friendly and encourage students to continue with the course and, and take more of it? Those kinds of things that um, for, for a long time, like my, my main way of increasing revenue has been to create another Udemy course. That just adds another stream of income to my overall income. But at this point, I've taught so many courses and there are so many of them that don't sell that well. And maybe there's things I can go in and, and instead of just kind of leaving it as is and hoping that it sells 50 bucks a month or something like that, maybe there's ways I can increase the quality, increase the ranking and make it a top seller in the category. So I'm going to be doing that, especially at this point, right before Black Friday and New Year's sales. I think it's more important for me to improve my entire library of courses rather than try to put out a bunch of new courses. And so that's what I'm going to be working on, looking at the preview videos, the intro videos, uh, probably re-recording some of those. 
And whatever way I can kind of encourage people to take the courses, um, that's what I'm going to be doing. So um, yeah, that's my main takeaway. And, and talking to other instructors, I think that's what they got as well. Um, a lot of people, at least the ones that already have a, an existing library of courses, a lot of them said the same. It's not about creating another 10 or 20 courses over the next 12 months. It's about going back to our existing courses and really trying to make them better. Uh, so that hopefully my experience has shed some light. If you weren't able to attend Udemy Live, if you were there at Udemy Live, I would love to hear what your takeaways are or any tips or tricks that you learned that I didn't mention in this episode, uh, please go to the community. Again, that's at onlinecoursemasters.com. Hit that community button to go to the Facebook group. And there will be a post about this episode and in that episode or in that post rather, or just post it in a separate one. Share your own tips and takeaways from this year's Udemy Live. I would love to hear them. And I'm sure a lot of other people listening would love to hear other people's opinions too. So guess what? This is episode 99 of Online Course Masters. Uh, I know that I announced in the community last week that I it's not the end of season three and I'm still going to be putting out new episodes. I'm hoping to get more interviews recorded uh, this week so that we can continue without a break. But I will say that um, on one hand, uh, I... I'm amazed and inspired to continue to put out interviews and especially to interview some some instructors who are doing so well on Udemy that I haven't interviewed before. And so I'm excited to continue this season and the podcast. On the other hand, what I've realized and I've always realized over the past few years is that I have a lot of things to do. And sometimes Online Course Masters takes the back burner and I'm going to have to skip a week or two. So I hope you understand that um, and can be patient, but know that at least for this point, at this point, and who knows, this might change a minute after I stop recording this episode, but at this point, I, I don't want to have like an official end to season three yet or really any end. I think it's just going to continue uh, whenever I get a chance to batch record some interviews. As always, if you're interested in being interviewed and if you want to uh, yeah, share your story to the online course master's world and especially share some tips and advice that you've learned, go to onlinecoursemasters.com, click the podcast button at the top and there's a link at the top for being featured on the show. Uh, whether you want to be a guest or even just ask a question that we'll answer during one of our five questions episodes. Anyways, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, as always, uh, thank you again to everyone who had attended Udemy Live with me and made it such a special weekend. I hope to see everyone at 2020. I hope I can come. <laughs> I maybe bring my family this time. And uh, yeah, thank you. As always, have a beautiful day and We'll see you in the next episode. Cheers.